It was a long war. <laughs> yeah, it took a really long time to start the war. <laughs> uh, part of me wanted to wait, and part of me wanted to like interrupt it with the intro, but it just it just felt right. I just went with it. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me forever and always, the man, the myth, our very own Happy Hogan, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Hello. Today we're going to be talking Spider-Man Homecoming, but first, Al, what are we drinking? Quick aside there, I was kind of hoping you were going to choose, instead of Happy Hogan, I was hoping it was going to be the guy in the chair. I thought about it. I thought about it. Because <laughs> I had something for that, but it's okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with Happy Hogan. You, uh, you, you resemble a Happy Hogan. I mean, we're both rather large, broad individuals. Mm-hmm. Both look like we've seen our way around a gym. <laughs> I, I think that I am actually happier than Happy Hogan. That probably true uh but anyway let's talk about what we're drinking indeed um we're drinking uh this is another one of the rare anthony selections um our recent um forays into picking beers uh that we can both find uh it's, it's not been good uh <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of a disconnect between uh mid jersey and new york i mean in some ways not surprising. In other ways, very surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're drinking Wells Banana Bread Beer, which of all the beers that we've tried to get, this is the one I expected the least likely to yeah, find. Why was it so easy to find? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't that easy. I did have to walk around for about 10 minutes to find it, but it was okay. there. Fair, fair. Literally one four-pack of bottles. So Wells Banana Bread Beer. Uh, it's from the UK. Um... It says beer brewed with bananas. And it says on it, an inspired brew made with our own natural mineral water and fair trade bananas. Tempting. Does yours actually say an inspired brew? (laughs) Oh, we're losing them. We're losing them. I said, does yours actually say an inspired brew? Yeah, it does. Right on the bottle. Mine says an inspiring brew. (laughs) Um, We can't get the story straight. Sorry, I was... (laughs) combination of having to cough and thrown off by this word that's here that's not a real word i think tempting banafee aromas i don't know if that's a combination of toffee and banana i I see that too i I was wondering the same i thought maybe you'd have some input (laughs) i'm guessing they made some sort of weird amalgamation of toffee and banana If that was the case it probably should have been (laughs) banafee probably true as well Uh, i i've genuinely never seen this word before uh, yeah, tempting Banafee aromas and flavors going, are balanced. I'll go to Google. What? You keep going. I'll go to Google. You do that. Balanced by the silky richness of a masterful malt blend and the peppery spice of the freshest, ripest hops. Long ago, ale was known as liquid bread. We've used our long history of creating the finest malt blends and added fair trade bananas to awaken the senses. It was the seriously fruity, rich, yet surprisingly versatile banana bread beer. Breaking news. Banafee is a pie English dessert made from bananas, cream, and toffee. So I was kind of right. Yeah, you were. I, I thought it was just a hodgepodge of words, but apparently it's a type of it's a type of pie there. Nice. I was not familiar. I'm not I'm not well versed in British pies. This beer is made with those fair trade bananas. Yes, as opposed to the um, cheating trade. <laughs> is that, is that the opposite? Is that the opposite? <laughs> I don't know that's close. how it works, but I'll go with it. 
Not even close. Do you have a little story on yours? Um, See, Al's what, drinking the bottle. I'm drinking the can. Just what I read. Um, and I didn't really the, look the, at the... The thing the that started with box. tempting Banafee? Yeah. Okay, so I've got long ago, ale was known as liquid bread. Oh, we I read that. Our long, you read that? Yeah. I was totally not listening to you. I apologize. Yeah, I know. You were looking at your Banafee pie. Got it. Nailed it. All right. Uh, moving on. Shall we cheers and try this sucker? Absolutely. And clink. Oh, that's pure banana bread. It is pure banana bread. <laughs> it's a return of fancy glass. Nice. Scary face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I like this one. It's not. It's I could have it like every once in a while and just one of them. Um, it's it's too much like banana bread. Which was kind of what I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it's too much like banana bread, it's not as much like banana bread as I was afraid of. That's good. It's almost as if it was um if it was thicker, it would it would feel like banana bread batter. <laughs> yes, that's 100% true. And uh, I um we dodged that bullet by like I don't know, just a, just I'm, a little bit of consistency there. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I grabbed two of them to drink during the session. At some point I will quietly open another one to drink it. I have two more in the fridge. I will never buy this beer again. <laughs> But I won't dump those out. I will drink them. It's not that sure. bad, but I might have to give myself some distance before I do. Yeah. I, I it's it's interesting. I uh, the, the only reason I suggested this was because it was what was in my fridge. <laughs> I mean, which that, that's a fair reason. And uh, and here we are. I mean, so you don't you don't hate it. You don't love it by any means, but you don't hate it. I'm closer to not. hating it than loving it. You're closer to hate. I disagree. If you were closer I mean, to hating it than loving it, you wouldn't be tempted to finish the rest of them. Well, no, I just it's it was expensive, just so I don't want to take one of your it. brother's good beers and replace it with one of these. <laughs> it was expensive, so I don't want to waste it. Fair. Um it no, it's a quality beer and like if this is what you like, like I, it's like it's not a bad beer. I just don't like banana flavored things. I I will eat bananas. Okay. I will eat banana bread, but I don't like liquid banana. What about Banafee? Uh, never had, um, as <laughs> my stumbling over that word would, would lend you to believe. Um, I don't like bananas in smoothies, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, not, it's not a thing that I do. I've never had, like, banana cream pie. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. for me. Okay, fair, fair. Um, had I known that going in, I wouldn't have been so adamant about drinking this one and not going to the store. To be fair, I probably wouldn't have made it to the store, so this works out really well for me. I mean, I did kind of half-heartedly protest it and say, I feel like I'm going to hate this beer. And then you just bought it anyway. And that's what friends well, are for. It that's seemed like you weren't going to get another beer. It seemed like you weren't going to get another beer when we talked, <laughs> yeah, when I showed up. It really wasn't in the cards. I had just enough time to eat dinner and then run to the movie, which we were about to review, and then all the stores were closed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you were like, well, I could go to the store that's farther away because right. they have better beers and i that was like wouldn't have worked out i was like i guess i'll find this fucking banana beer <laughs> yeah yeah i wasn't gonna make it anyway should we get into our flick sure why not all right but before we discuss spider-man i need to discuss my experience with this theater that i went to so okay. i went to one of these dolby cinemas with the crazy ass atmos setup so, 
I was real excited going into this, and I was like, I've been you know researching Dolby Atmos a little bit, and I've been in one of those uh, sound test rooms and heard it, and it, it 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 was bananas. But I was really excited to see it was bananas. Just like the sphere. I didn't even think of that. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so going to this movie, when I saw these tickets online, I was like, this is a thing. This is a thing at a theater near me. <laughs> so I was like, hang on, hang on. Let's see if there's seats available. And there were. And they were in the third row. And I was like, ah, this isn't going to be great. But whatever. Uh, it's like the only thing left. So let me pick them up. They were 17 bucks a ticket. We're talking almost IMAX prices here. So I'm unclear. What exactly is special about the setup? I, I was unclear as well. I only knew about the sound. I knew about the speaker setup for Atmos. That was the only thing. Uh, it was also what, what, a large format screen. What's it, unique about the speakers? The speakers are insane. So the first thing you notice when you walk into this theater is if you look up, you can be crushed at any moment by one of these vibrating off the walls, which should be a legitimate concern after the movie starts, and it feels like they're vibrating off the walls. <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> so like there's like these like the walls are lined with like these gigantic, really tall I mean, they're way above me and I couldn't really gauge exactly how tall they were, but I would say they were probably about five feet tall, the speakers, with like tons of speakers in uh, the cases with tons of speakers in them. And they yeah. like lined the walls. And then there was a row um, probably about like ten feet in front of the screen on the ceiling of speakers that were pointed at you, like small ones, and then throughout the theater there were box speakers on the ceiling pointed down at you, and there were speakers in the back as well. So you actually have speakers legitimately all around you. So basically, you stepped in front of a firing squad of speakers. Yeah. Um, which becomes very apparent. When they start doing their crazy ass Dolby Atmos like advertisement thing before the movie, yeah, they do that thing with like the sound and colors and shit, and it goes nuts yeah. to show you how awesome their speakers are. Exactly, except it's not the really creepy child that's saying "all around you" like that other movie theater that we go to. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, that, weird. that's terrifying. <laughs> it, it makes my skin crawl every time I hear it. But um, this one, they were. It was like just a. It looks like a some stupid futuristic CG graphic thing. It's like folding cards. It was weird, and it was just making a shit ton of noise. That was the the concept. <laughs> and you you hear it in like everywhere in the room. Like you can pinpoint it, and it's crazy how like it's like that's over there, that's over there. And then when they whoosh around you, I don't know if there was an actual breeze from the force coming out. <laughs> these speakers but i felt like i was that i don't know if you've ever seen that little illustration of the guy in the chair sitting back and his hair is being blown back yep yep. that i felt like that guy and then they did the bass test and the entire theater vibrated and it was like it was intense and i was like whoa this is gonna be crazy <laughs> especially when spider-man's swinging around my head you gotta make sure you go see a nolan movie there uh yeah so we'll uh maybe you and i can go see dunkirk there Mm. That might be uh, that might be fun. Um, if if they, if they have like, it, I don't know if they will if it'll be optimized for that or what will the case be. I'm, I'm, really th sure. I'm, I'm thinking that like woof sound at the beginning of Dark Knight or like right. the the Inception. <laughs> the only thing is, I think I would rather see a Nolan film on an IMAX screen because of the, he shoots them for that most of the time. 
I think the the visuals of his movies are more important to me than the sound. Not, sure. Like, you know, no no discredit to Hans Zimmer. Love that man. As yeah. we, <laughs> as we've mentioned, but um, <laughs> the the what what struck me though, so like this this in, intro to the to like you know that like I said like the like little demo that they do beforehand is crazy, and then it became immediately apparent like as the movie started that the movie is not. It says like uh, maybe they optimized it. I think it said at the end was the word used for Dolby Atmos. Okay. But it's just like not properly recorded for this. Really? So after a while, it's just really loud. And it doesn't give me the I didn't I was started to like there were certain points in the movie where it had a pretty cool effect with the speakers, but the majority of the time it was just crazy loud. Like to the point where Kim sitting next to me had like has her fingers in the ear in her ears. Like it was it was intense, but not in a good way. And that's what bothered yeah. me. Um, I feel like it'll probably it's this is also like I said this is the first time I've seen one of these theaters and it was the first movie that I've seen in one so it could get better if they could figure out a way to make it work and like work through the whole movie I feel like it would be great but this wasn't it and uh, even even I was at the end I was just like shush <laughs> it's <laughs> so loud <laughs> during the fight scenes I was just like good god <laughs> but uh, that's that's my two cents on on the Dolby Atmos theater for now. I will definitely check it out again. Um, not a fan of the seventeen dollars price point, but uh, I wouldn't imagine so. It is what it is. I would have rather. I, I I prefer as of right now. I'd prefer if I have three options: standard, IMAX, or this thing. I would I would go IMAX. My experience was a little bit more mundane. Uh, I went with my sister. As I was walking in, I. Just happened to stumble upon two of my friends. Huh, nice. Jerks. And then we sat down and watched the movie. Jerks didn't invite you to the movie? <laughs> no, well, uh, they're kind of, I mean, they're, good, like, they're more like friend of a friend. Like, I, I oh, okay. don't have either the number, actually, now that I think about it. Okay. Friend, in quotes. Acquaintance plus. Got it. Oh, okay. Okay. I know those people. I got some well, of like, <laughs> It's friends that, like, you know, Kevin and Caleb, like, live in a building that Kevin's parents own. Kevin and his girlfriend live on the bottom floor, and Caleb and his sister live in the middle floor, and this is Matt and his girlfriend, Courtney, who live on the top floor. Oh, okay. Separated by... Separated by one floor. Yes. Friends, friends plus. Acquaintance plus. <laughs> Got it. On, like, the, ver- on the verge yeah, of being friends. I hang out friends. with them, but like, it's because I'm hanging out with them, and they're also invited, and it's, it's good. It's cool. Nice. They're cool people. So... What did you think of this movie? Also cool. I will give you the check-in, as I had mentioned that I would do on the last episode. This doesn't suppress... This does not dethrone Baby Driver. But oh, it is okay. a really pleasant movie to have seen within one week of seeing that masterpiece. I mean, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this movie. So, I thought it was yeah. very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was... Way better than both of the Garfield ones. Okay, fair. Um, it was almost infinitely better than Spider-Man 3. Dude, everything's better than Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> no, Suicide Squad is not better than Spider-Man 3. I, you know what? It is. No. I, beg to, I beg to differ. <laughs> I have watched Spider-Man 3 more times than I'd care to. Mm-hmm. And if... You put the TV on in front of me, and Suicide Squad and Spider-Man 3 are my only options. 
it would be Spider-Man 3 every single day of the week. No. I can't take emo, Toby. I would try and make loud noises and close my eyes during that part. <laughs> Other than that sequence, which is really painful to watch, I don't hate the rest of the movie. It's not good, but I don't hate it. <laughs> much like much like this beer, in your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, basically Spider-Man 3 is oh this beer. Oh, my God. Um, what, what, how, what about the... I know this, the second Spider-Man movie is... Excellent. I, yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Um, how, and the first how does this one was hold a good to movie, that? too. Yeah. How does this hold I up? I mean, I would say that this... Maybe this one's better than that one. I don't know if it's better or worse than... Not that worse is really the word you want to use, because both this and Spider-Man 2 were really good. It's such a different experience. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to compare them. That's fair. And also, I've seen this movie one time, and I've seen Spider-Man 2 like 20 times, right. so... Yeah, I... As of right now, I... I love this one. This this one stands apart for me. Um, I also think that he's the best Spider-Man that we've gotten. See, it's funny that you said that because um, one of my notes here was Holland ellipses fun Sparker Man because I he was fun as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yep, he works. As I both. mean, I he's liked great. I liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, especially in the first two. Um, I never really thought that he was a lot of fun as either of them. Right. But I thought he was good at that. Well, he's always crying. Yeah, so that's one <laughs> of the reasons that I think I might enjoy Holland better is because he he nails the whole awkward mm-hmm. and unsure of himself thing, but with way less whining and crying than, honestly, either of the other two Spider-Mans. Right. And he, he was... He also, like... He played the young kid much better than the two of them did. That's true. He's playing the youngest of the portrayals, right? Because right. he's only a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and he pulls it off. Yeah. Um, and the only time that he really like kind of got into like whiny territory was that one scene after the ferry scene, which you know we're not in the spoiler territory yet, so I won't say what's going on. Right. But he's really trailer. emotional in that scene, so it's like totally justified. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was he, like, I, like that's what a 15-year-old kid would sound like when like, right. the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Exactly. Uh, there is something uh, in that vein that I want to bring to attention now. Um, it's not a spoiler, and I won't get into details. I will later, probably. But this is the most intense and believable the scenes of like hopelessness have been. I feel um, like in a Spider-Man movie, or in not, not necessarily a Spider-Man movie, but a, in, in any of these Marvel movies. I actually, I, I don't know about that per se. I mean, I think it measures up with the other ones, but I don't know if that I would just say that this stands alone. It surpasses it for me. Okay. And I will get into the I will get into those specific scenes a little bit later when we start breaking into uh, spoiler territory. Yeah. Um. There's something I guess we could talk about. Um. Before we get into spoilers. Um. Uh. The pace of this movie. Um. Which I notice is kind of very similar to the way a lot of movies recently are paced and that it's like it very rarely stops for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Not that you want a movie to drag, but for instance, and it's tough to compare this movie because I think it is a superior movie. Baby driver knew when to take its foot off of the gas and really settle into a scene mm-hmm. and let it like breathe and let it be what it is. And a lot of, I mean, hell you have a lot of older, older movies that would have, the pacing would be very slow at times, but 
you know you never feel bored by it, right? Right. Um, you don't see that in a lot of big budget movies anymore. I feel like because I felt the same way. I still feel the same way when I watched The Force Awakens. I really liked that movie, but that after the first sequence with Rey on Jakku, that movie never stops moving. Right. Yeah, like, I never I feel like that. you can just get into the situation that's going on. There's always something new that's happening. They're always traveling somewhere new. I never yeah. felt like I could really settle and sinking my teeth into something that's going on. That's a good I felt point. that way about this movie a lot, too. I didn't think of it in those... I, I, I noticed something, but I, I didn't have anything until you put it to words. That's, that is spot on. It yeah. The, the movie doesn't stop. Yeah. Which can be fun, um, but for this type of movie, I, and I guess eliminating the whole origin story thing, like that's where you'll get that more, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm, And thank God they did. Yeah, no, it was smart. I, I, that was a really smart design choice. Like, we've seen it twice in the last 17 years. We've seen it a million times in the Marvel Universe and in DC. Not that they're responsible for that. We've right. seen it a whole bunch of times. We know how, uh, even if you don't read the comics, you know how Peter Parker became Spider-Man. Right. You don't need it. Exactly. Yeah, it's... You can skip. You can skip all that, and in that you would probably get. If, if you do that part of the story, you probably would get all of those. Like you would get like the slowdowns and a bit where you kind of get in touch with the character a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie doesn't have that. It, it is definitely one thing after another for two hours straight. Like it yeah. is boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and that's why, like a movie like this and a movie like The Force Weekends, it doesn't feel like the two hours because right. it's constantly moving. And I mean, you're exhausted at the end. Kind of sometimes, yeah, because it's like almost pure adrenaline. Um, And I don't, I don't necessarily completely hate it, but there's like every once in a while, you just like, oh wait, hang on a second, like I kind of wanted to see more of what was going on over there. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't have to be every scene, but like I want to see it at choice moments. Mm Um, I. Trying to skip around. I have some things that I want to go over here, but I'm trying to skip around and see where we can go before getting into spoiler territory. I've got at least one more thing to go here. Um, Michael Keaton's performance, and we can get into this without getting into specifics. I like Michael Keaton a lot. I know you do. And You like it when he gets nuts. I love when he gets nuts. I love when he wants you to get nuts. Come on. Let's get nuts. Um, I know when you like. I know you like when he likes to dance with the devil. <laughs> this was he. He was very much bitten by a radioactive Jack Nicholson like years ago, <laughs> and and he he's turned into the villain, and it works, and I love it. And he is a crazy person. And whenever he looks at the camera, and he gives you that creepy psychopath smile, oh, oh, is that chilling? <laughs> and he finally got to play Birdman. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, this was better. Um, <laughs> I, I like that movie. I know you did. I don't. It's one of those things that we'll never agree on. It's fair. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to touch on before we stop holding back? Um, no. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, other than to say that it was good, Go really good. It. Go see this movie. Enjoy, Go see it if you're enjoy, still listening and you're like not su- sure. Enjoy these to... summer movies. Yeah, um, but we got a few coming up, right? Because we got a uh, we had a, a bit of a, a like a, a soft spot there for a month or so, and now we got we had Baby Driver, we had this, 
We have The House. We have Dunkirk. We have Atomic Blonde. There's some good stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I still... I don't see these movie, any of these movies knocking Baby Driver off my top for the summer. Um, I don't know. I but, feel like you're going to be willing to give in to Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, that's that's right. It's gonna it's the number one contender. However, I know what I'm getting into when I see a Nolan movie. And there is something still very special about Baby Driver that I don't think it's going to. But but hey, he, if anybody can do it, he can. I still have hopes for Atomic Blonde, but it's just because I was so much of my like teenage and, and even recent years was formed by reading <clears throat> Robert Ludlum and that looks like a Robert Ludlum book put right on the screen and yeah. that's right in my wheelhouse yeah yeah we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely do an episode on that so without further ado uh, we are no longer going to hold back spoilers from this point on if you haven't seen it already go see Spider-Man and then come back and listen to this uh, this movie a lot of fun as I had mentioned before I really I did enjoy it and I didn't think about the whole um, pacing thing until you brought it up but uh, there's a, a couple of things. The first thing I wanted to jump into here was the use of the shocker. Okay. Um, I was happy with it. They added. They had two. They had two named villains in this movie, and one was just kind of subtle. And if you weren't paying attention or listening, you probably wouldn't know. Um, if you're not me and didn't realize the color of the guy's sleeves. It's funny because I didn't notice that until a little bit later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Part, I mean, the part of it is because technically there was two shockers. Yeah. And if you look at IMDb, they are credited as shocker one and shocker two. Uh-huh. Um, and Bokeem Woodbine was shocker two and probably closer to what shocker was. And he was the one wearing the yellow mm. flannel. The other guy sleeves. had it on too. Did he? Yeah, those were the dampeners, I believe. I didn't notice it. But I just know that like I was thinking about it like I was like, I wonder if they're going to set him up to use him. Is he going to split off and be in another one going forward? And that was before um, the second shocker really settled into doing it. And I was like, oh, right. okay, I guess, I guess he is going to be this one. <clears throat> and there was one scene eventually I was like, oh, cool, he does have the yellow sleeves on. Like, Yeah. I just, I just thought it was really subtle and really cool to have that in there. And I think that was the right way to do it, too, because <clears throat> you can't carry a big-budget movie like this with the shocker. No. He needs to be a henchman like that. Um, so, I mean, like, whether they bring him back and make him have a quote-unquote more, like, realistic costume or something like that. I don't think he died, right? I think he was just... Yeah, he just kind of got uh, webbed up at the end there. He webbed him up, right? Yeah. Hard to say if he was ever actually taken into custody or anything. We don't know. Yeah, I think they stuck him to a bus, didn't they? Yeah, that was it. So, if the cops didn't come within two hours, free to go. Uh, it's true. They said that about you the dissolving... free to go. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so this movie starts out with something I thought was really fun. The intro music to these Marvel and Avenger movies and all members of the Avengers, it all has the same uh, kind of intro song going on when they do the Marvel logo. And they yeah. did that exact tone with the Spider-Man theme. And I loved I like it. that they had the old school Spider-Man loved theme. Loved it. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then another awesome thing, uh, the beginning of this movie, this movie starts off with the villain. Yes. I dig it. Which, which made sense because it kind of gave you a good framing of what's to come and why this all is going on. And the whole idea of Tony keep telling him to be stay on the ground, stay at the street level, 
and we see what impact the Avengers has on the street level people. Right. Because that, I mean, that's what the idea of the the four Marvel, well, I guess it's five or six Marvel shows now on Netflix with like Daredevil and all of them, the Defenders. There's mm-hmm. the whole idea of you know what's it like for the everyday person, you know, in a New York City where right. aliens have blown up half the city and the Avengers exist. The incident. The incident. Yeah. Uh, this one gave us a, a more close look because a lot of that they just kind of reference it here and there, and here we see. The actual aftermath. We see the Chitori corpses and stuff like that, yeah. and we see all their the the stuff being reclaimed and and how real people were affected by that. Yeah, it, it it was it was a cool way to do it. I liked it. Uh, I do you feel like there was anything missing with the character development for Vulture though? Um, see, it's funny because I unfortunately I accidentally clicked on your note thing before we went on, mm-hmm. and um, I saw you. That was like one of the top things you have up there. Yeah. Um, I actually thought he was an interesting character. I, I thought there, you like it was understandable how and why this happens. The guy's livelihood was ruined, and he decides that he's gonna kind of say fuck you to everyone else. That right. he was tired of getting like stomped on. I mean, even like well, it was a little bit heavy handed, but that conversation they have between them being fired and before the the fast forward when he says. Or it was one of his crew says uh, Stark and his friends, you know, ruined the city, and then he gets hired to take care of it. He goes, it's the same old, you know, BS, basically saying how uh, it was all rigged and everything like that. Right. So I, I thought that was a pretty believable setup, and I, they mostly kept kind of the, that political idea out of it until the end. And even then, I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I thought it was all consistent and it wasn't too preachy you know what i mean right yeah i i have it actually i do have it listed on my notes but i have it listed as a question like was there a lack of character development for the vulture and i i don't think there was i actually i thought it was handled pretty well similar to what you're saying there like we get i I actually think we get a lot in that intro scene from the minute that he strikes the guy um because he says something to him and he actually is protective of his guys he yeah. seems like he actually in the beginning of the movie he seems like a cool dude he seems like a really cool boss and relatable and understandable yeah and then like and he turns and you you see like okay when he punches that guy you're like okay so this guy is actually he is at the edge of snapping there's yeah. been a lot going on and then we move eight years down the road so like you know that he's he's gotten to the point where he has to, like he's ready to snap slash has snapped now let's jump forward knowing that. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it was... They took a show-don't-tell approach, which, to me, that makes sense for this. Because if you want a place where this movie would have bogged down into one scene and it wouldn't have been in a good way, mm-hmm. that would be it. Where it's yeah. you know, him coming home from work every day because he's, oh, I'm flipping burgers or something because my old career doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. And God, it's just so hard. No, it's, hey, this is hard on us. And then they said, well, sorry, there's nothing you can do. Take it up with our superiors. And you get them saying, well, fuck your superiors and fuck our superiors. We're getting ours. Mm-hmm. And then it's fast forward and it's, this is what getting ours looks like eight years later. Right. I don't have a problem with that because like, you can fill in the gaps there. You yeah. know what happened. Mm-hmm. It was uh, like, yeah, hand- handled well. Surprisingly, like, I feel less like, is more. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of cases, though, like they they won't give you a reason 
to like to understand where the bad guy's coming from if they do that skip. But the way that they handled that intro scene, I feel like they they hooked you up. Yeah, no, you're right. Like sometimes you will get movies like that where it's like the the villains are kind of like, uh, oh yeah, we um, weren't treated great or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's like, like what do you, well, what do you mean you weren't treated great? A lot of people aren't treated great. Like you saw it, they showed it to you, then they moved on. They got exactly what they need to get done. It was like a paragon of efficiency. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't have to be more because they did a good job of telling it to you in the time they allotted. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Really interestingly done. Um, now then, after after we get that, we get the intro, and then we we get that that those first scenes of the vulture or soon to be vulture. Uh, we jump into this really awesome segment of Peter Parker filming his experience with Tony Stark, and I thought that was great. I was cracking up the entire time, especially how when you start to realize, oh my god, they're li- they're like going right into the scenes of Civil War, and it's like those scenes are happening in the background, and this is just a different angle with the camera, and it's him, and he's filming himself, and I thought it was so funny, especially when he's talking to the camera, and you hear, under ruse, in the background, he's like, oh, that's my cue. Like, I loved it. <laughs> I was hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was a couple a couple of moments where I was like, "This threatens to get too campy," but it never actually got there for mm-hmm. me. I, I I enjoyed it too. I thought it was funny and it was um, an interesting way to reframe it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was that was a lot of fun. I was I noticed at that point I was like, "God oh, damn!" Like I haven't watched Civil War with Kim yet, so she doesn't actually know where these scenes are coming from. But uh, okay. she enjoyed it too. That's funny because I went to see it with my sister, and um, she was asking me coming in like. So what's the deal like with this one? Like now that they're doing it again, again, and I was like, um, "Well, I was like, you didn't see Civil War, right?" She's like, "No." I said, "Okay, well, like the quick like synopsis is, Tony found him. He figured it out. Like like he Tony was like his um, like his idol. He just he comes home one day and he's just there with Aunt May. He says, uh, "Hey, you know, you were uh, you won the Stark internship or the Stark scholarship or whatever." And he's like, uh, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, let's go talk about it in your room. And he says, I know you're Spider-Man. No time to fuck around. Let's go kick some ass. Right. And then he goes and fights in the Civil War <laughs> thing. And she goes, oh, that's all I need to know. <laughs> and then they true. show that scene and anything that she didn't know, like that fills you in on the blanks. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. The uh, Before I forget about this, one of the things that I thought was kind of funny was the really forced product placement of Star Wars Lego toys. Mm. And it was... It was just, I wasn't upset. I just thought it was silly. <laughs> I mean, I didn't feel it was forced because, like, that's totally a thing that they would do. Yeah. It was forced, like, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it felt natural to me because it's nerdy kids who love science and sci-fi and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, using, like, oh, like, building Lego Death Star, cool. Saying something like that, fine. But then he, I believe it, Ned's his friend's name, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he says like specifically like Lego Star Wars Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> like, just stop. Uh, I guess I didn't really catch that. I was just thinking from a, from the perspective of him saying, "Hey, I'm coming over after school for us to build the Death Star Lego thing," and I was like, "Oh yeah, like, that's a thing that they would do." Right. Ned was fun. Yeah, and he was, a so silly he was funny. He was. Um, I think he works because he's way more relatable than what's his name. And it doesn't matter what iteration you're talking about, but um, Harry Osborn. He's just oh, more yeah. relatable and more fun 
Yeah. So um, this and is he, an interesting. I mean, he's a good I don't know if that's too. a character that's drawn from actual comics or not. Right. I'm not. I'm not sure either. I'm not familiar. I'm familiar enough with uh, old Spider-Man comics to know it. Um, but that was. I he, he was fun. I love the scenes where he they're in the room and he's got the he's got the mask on and he's just talking to him. And oh, yeah. and they were doing like the montage, right? Where yeah, like they keep moving around the room and like first he's wearing the mask, then the, yeah. there's no one wearing the mask, and then Ned's wearing the mask. And like then... th- this is exactly what would happen if two fourteen-year-olds. Like one of one of them was Spider Man and had this crazy suit. Like they'd be joking around with each other and have this thing on. It's so funny. Yeah, it was funny because I was like, I was wondering, I was like, are we gonna get a scene where he's wearing the whole suit, like, and right. something bad happens, or like he's struggling to get in it or something like that? that and I great. remembered the fact that it's like, I don't know what it is, like that it's Vacuum like suctioned sealed. onto his yeah. body. Because <laughs> the first time he puts, like, the watch him put it on mm-hmm. when he's in that alleyway. My sister's like, the fuck is wrong with this suit? Because it's like crazy baggy, and then he slaps yeah. his chest, and it gets like ziplocked to him. That's really funny that you say that, because Kim was like, that's way too big. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I liked I liked that little feature, the uh, the yeah, the ziploc suit. <laughs> that was fun. I also loved I I loved the uh, him getting to know the voice inside the suit and like giving Karen? her a name. And talking to her, Karen was, slash suit lady. Yeah, suit lady. <laughs> I love I, what, what kills me. There's a lot of great comedy in this movie, and that scene where he's stuck in the warehouse and he's talking to her and he's doing the training program. And he's laying down. He's like, "How much? How long has it minutes. been? Thirty-seven minutes. What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he starts freaking out. You gotta get me out of here. That <laughs> oh, was great. He's, he's jumping rope on the web. He's throwing yeah. web grenades. All these different things. Like so funny. I also uh, another another great comedic scene when he's when she's like advanced combat mode and he's like would you like to activate it he's like sure and she goes instant kill activated whoa 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 <laughs> no 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 <laughs> turn that off and that came back later anybody. too because that came back later too because he's like uh, you know activate the combat mode and she goes would you like to go to instant kill mode and he goes no what is it with you in instant yeah. kills <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up. Um, also, I, also, I, I do love also um, Karen um, egging him on, like, you know, you should, you should tell on. Liz, you know, that you're Spider-Man. You should tell Liz how you feel, and then he saves her at the elevator. This is the optimal time to kiss her. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> so funny. I um, we should touch back on the whole trailer thing because I had mentioned that there was too much going on in the trailers for this movie. Yes. And one specific scene, like, we think this badass scene is going to be of him on the Washington Monument jumping over the helicopter. Yep. And it very much was, and I still don't think that that needed to be in there, but in typical Marvel fashion, that wasn't the only piece of it. And it did get much better from that point on. Yeah. But they do a good job. it's funny because I didn't have a problem with that one. The problem I had one was, was with the ferry. Yeah. And even and, that, even that scene, if I knew it was going to happen, which was is kind of upsetting because I think that would be a really cool concept to unveil to you watching the movie. Like, yeah, but this the thing, thing is slicing it in half. Well, no, I don't have a problem with them showing the fairy the first time in the trailer. It was when they showed it the second time with Iron Man going to save it in the trailer. Right. That was the thing. problem I had. They did not need to re-edit that to show Iron Man. That needed to be shown... First time, real time in the movie. Yeah. 
the the Mushroom Monument thing, I don't have a problem with because it's an opportunity to show them slow motion jump over the helicopter. And I do agree, it was cool how they played with the expectation where it's like, oh, this has got a, there's a functional reason why this all is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like, it was cool because as they're setting that scene up, and now you know what the stakes are, why he's climbing the Washington Mount, uh, Monument. Um, when the helicopter comes in, I was like, I know where this is going. This is going to be cool. And he did exactly that thing where he loops over and does a slingshot effect on the helicopter. That was a really cool scene. Yeah. I I think now, thinking back now on the trailer, it doesn't bother me as much knowing what happened to the movie. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad there was more to it. But now that I am have the goggles of hatred for trailers off... Um, it was cool that they showed you the the little web wings on him because that's a that's a fun thing to get excited about because we haven't seen that in a movie yet. At least I don't remember seeing that in a movie yet. No, none of the other ones did that. And it, it it it's a pretty classic like icon from an old cover of Spider Man with him having those those web wings. So it was it was fun to see that and not overused. It was used I think two maybe three times. It was used with the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It was used with the ferry for sure. Right, when he soars onto it. I think that was it. Yeah, and yeah, it was either that or maybe there was one more. But yeah, no, that's not overused. That, that was fun. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that. Uh, getting into some of the some of those crazy-ass action scenes. Um, so we had the ferry scene obviously partially ruined for us, though the actual little, the, the quick takedown of some of the villains on the boat was cool. And then starting to see everything fall apart because the FBI was there and they were clearly about to do something. Like he really, screw- he really does screw up by being there and doing this. So that's, that's true. That was that was kind of that was a, a little little fun scene there. Um, I do and- feel like that was a little bit contrived though, because I mean Tony scolds him, and I guess rightfully so because. He's asking him to not do it, but he's 15 years old. So you know he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So if he was going to call the FBI or get him involved, like that's he what it said, was. Like, he should have said something. Like, listen, I've because he just kept saying, if "This isn't your job. Other people are handling it." Say, "Hey, I got the feds involved. They're tracking him down. They've got it." I feel like that's probably enough to get him to at least back off. Right, and it totally. I think it totally would have, obviously, but maybe that's maybe <laughs> that's why they don't do it because we have we do have a strong-headed Tony Stark who likes to always be right, and he does play things close to the chest, but not because he's being secretive, because he's being an arrogant prick all the time. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't tell him. He's like he's like you don't need to know my reasons. Like you just need to listen to me. And if he had told him, he wouldn't have gone. So it does help the plot along. But that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it a is, little it bit is contrived. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, I mean, uh, by the same like token, I guess you could say it also kind of reveals Tony's own like inability or how he's out of depth with dealing with a younger kid like this. Because yeah. he says, I mean, it's like obliquely like make you can make that connection because he says a couple times, oh. like, I was trying to be a better father than my father was, or oh, I was trying to make sure you were better than I was, and oh, I'm totally become my father now, or whatever. Um, I think that's where it comes from. Is like if he was an actual father, or if he had spent time trying to deal with someone this kid's age, maybe he would have understood the dynamics a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. Where hey, he just wants to know that he's being listened to, right? Right. Because that's the whole thing. Is he goes. You know, I, I I was the only one who believed in you. No one believed, no one agreed, no one listened to what I was saying about it. Like, he's revealing right there that he should have seen that, he should have understood that, but he didn't. Yeah, 
There is there is a lot of fun emotional scenes between the two of them. When I say fun, I mean I guess more interesting. That 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 is that is part of it. What you're saying there, like he doesn't have he didn't have that relationship with his dad, so it's like it's cool to see that and how that plays out now. And then one scene that gave me chills was when he's like, Tom Holland did a great job in this movie, and I I believe every emotion that he has on screen. And one of the ones is when he's like, he's basically in tears and he's saying, he like, he's like yelling at him, like, if you actually cared enough, you would actually be here. And the suit opens and he walks out. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that's a, Oof. that was a pretty charged scene. Like, yeah, you just like, like, it was like a gut punch for him as he walked out of it. He's like, oh, Christ, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a great one. And then. Back uh, earlier when I was saying that this, I, I felt like this had some of the most believable like scenes, uh, like of like hopelessness in this movie. The scene where he is getting crushed by the building, yeah, yeah, like that that hit me. I was like, like I know he's not gonna die, but part of me is like, is he? <laughs> like this this is rough. Like this is really, and that that just that's that just points to his his skill as an actor because like he. He really sold that scene. Yeah. Well, and he sells that he sells the whole thing where it's oh, he's an, he's trying to be a more adult superhero, but shit, he really is just a kid who's like out of his depth, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's for sure. You finally hit the wall. You finally hit something that you just can't take down yourself and you didn't expect to ever get there. You, you felt like you were invincible this whole time. Right. And you lost to a ceiling. Yeah. That's, it's, that's crazy. And I think it it literally all comes crashing down on him in that scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the, it's funny too, because I just seen something, uh, this week I, I read, um, something about like kind of the future of both movies and comics for Spider Man specifically. And that, that scene, is pulled from one of the specific comics, and I, I just happened to see something referenced. I wouldn't have thought anything of it if I hadn't read this. Basically, the, the, some scene from some one of the comics and one of the runs. I think it was one of the Amazing Spider-Man runs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, him being crushed under the wall and like having to reevaluate what's gone on and actually find deep, deep, and find a strength that he hadn't found before in order to get out of that wall or on that ceiling, whatever. It was, it was very, very, very similar to. Um, supposedly an iconic comic book scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, if the way it was shot, it seemed like that would be the case. But really, just kudos to him because any 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 of the scenes where he's scared, or he's upset, or he's confident, or he's goofing around, like I genuinely like he he delivers in this movie in a a big bad way. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's funny because I haven't really seen much of him in anything else. Neither I mean, have he's, I. He's young. He's only been in a few things. I didn't see the movie where he's with he the movies in with Thor, um, in the Heart of the Sea, mm-hmm. um, which is the um, Moby Dick, I think, basically. Yeah. Um, what I did see though was the Lost City of Z or Zed, I guess. Um, but he doesn't really have that big of a role. He's really not in it too much until the last 20 minutes or so of the movie. Okay. Um, really good movie, and it's like a true story. Um, really unique story that I had never even heard of before. Um, 
and he was pretty unlikable on screen for most of it. Yeah. Uh, up until like, the end. Where, intentionally, like his character is meant to be unlikable, or he just wasn't working. I I guess more the character thing, but kind of both. Okay. Because he does just play like a whiny little shit. Gotcha. Um, but then he shook off the whininess for the end. So I guess that's the whole character aspect of it. Okay. Um, but there, I didn't think anything really that special for or against him from that movie, the, the bits that he was in. So this is really my first extended look at, at him as an actor. And I thought he acquitted himself well. Yeah. I, I would say after seeing this movie, if I see his name pop up on something, I will be interested in seeing it. I think he is in something else that's coming out soon. Yeah, and he probably will be or continue to be for quite some time. Let's check the well, roster. I expect that Spider-Man and the Avengers are going to fill up a lot of his time, though. It depends on how, like, how many scenes he's going to... Oh, right. The Uncharted movie. Uh, um, that's no, some... that, no, no, but that's like... That's out. It's not. It's. It, I mean, it's down the down the road. It's not for a while. <coughs> yeah. It's in pre-production. But that was something that I had heard about recently, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty cool." Like, I think he's gonna play young Nathan Drake, which is, which is awesome. That could be a fun story. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be in. He'll be in some stuff coming up. Oh yeah, this is this is it. Sorry, I'm just looking it up now. I, I was like, I I, I could have swore I saw him in a commercial recently. Um, it's called Pilgrimage. Okay. Um, in 13th century Ireland, a group of monks must escort a sacred relic across an Irish landscape fraught with peril. I've seen oh, one. Is, uh, what's his face in that? Is, uh, Shane? Yes. What is his real name that I'm never going to remember? We, we went over this last week. <laughs> I know, with, with Baby Driver, uh, John, John Bernthal. John Bernthal, yeah. It looks like the three, I'm guessing it's like the three main characters, or, um, it's... Tom Holland, John Bernthal, and Richard Armitage. Who's that? That sounds Thor, familiar. Thor and Oakland Shield. What? Oh, 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 Thor. I thought Thor you were saying Thor and something else. And I was like, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> Thor and Oakland Shield yeah. uh, from the Hobbit movies. Right. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep my eye on that. I'd like to see him in another movie and... Uh... Check out the skills. See what he's got. Yeah, uh, that, that comes out sometime later this year. I'm not sure when. What did you think of the costume? Um, I thought it was cool. I, I, I know a it. lot of people make a really big deal about what all of these costumes look like. And specifically, Spider-Man is one of the top ones that they all really kind of make probably too big of a deal about. I, as long as it looks cool, I don't really care because I am not reverent to the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. We got a cool look at what I guess I'll be wearing in Infinity War at the very end of the movie. Right. Which, while we're on it, um, I guess this does... I had no idea Gwyneth Paltrow was going to be in it at all. Oh, neither did I. Um, so that was a cool little thing that she popped up at the end because it seemed like... And the way they kind of made a joke about it in... Uh, Ultron, it seemed like Natalie Portman and Gwyneth Paltrow were both going to be completely done, never coming back to the series again. I expect that her showing up like that means she's going to be back at some point. Right, in some capacity. Yeah, that's cool. 
uh, another Ultron thing <laughs> from the movie when he grabs the he's going through the piles of of trash from the uh, from the attack and he like I think it's it's either Ultron's head or it's another it's like one of his robots that he corrupted heads and he's like oh cool and he just drops it <laughs> I was like that's great <laughs> yeah just like thud <laughs> done like we are we are past that <laughs> oh wait, was that was that happy when they were doing the moving out thing it was it was. Tom Holland. It was Spider Man inside of one of the, in the uh, in the crate when it's on its way to the the facility. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Stored. But uh, that so, uh, back to the the costumes real quick though. I thought his costume was cool. I like. I really enjoyed the um, the emoting eyes. I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I also loved when they malfunctioned. That was really funny. It was a really oh, subtle yeah. scene, and he scares the crap out of the little girls. I think that was hilarious. Yes. Um, yes. The the suit that he's about to give him at the end of the movie does seem a little over the top and like ridiculous, but honestly, like I've always been a fan of those Spider Man video games growing up and like unlocking all the suits that you can wear. So like it was yeah. like it was like unlocking a suit in a game for me and it was really fun. Well, not um, only that, but it looked it looked like a cross between a Spider Man suit and an Iron Man. Oh suit. yeah, exactly. Because it was metallic. Right. It's probably bulletproof um, or something. And if he's gonna be in Infinity War, maybe that he needs that sort of upgrade. You know what I mean? Right. I think so, but the uh, the last but not least, the his hodgepodge of a suit, like his sweatshirt goggle thing that he made, is that fantastic. that was the best part. That was the best part of the movie that he made in the beginning. Was yes. happy yes. coming in and seeing him, yes. and then he gets gets suited up <laughs> and he's wearing that. And he goes, "What the hell are you wearing?" <laughs> go to your what is that? Go to your box or something. That's mine. He goes, "Where's the case?" What case? The case. How, you, you didn't lose the case, did you? He goes, go in there. And he goes, you mean the closet? And he goes, oh, okay. I guess oh there's a God, lot this more to this hotel room. This room is so much bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> and even better than all that was when he's after the fight and he's sitting in the room and he's narrating the whole thing. And Happy just walks in and he backflips over the bed. Hey, what's going on? And he goes, hey, what's going on? The walls are really thin. <laughs> That's, it was oh my god! I loved that. That whole opening was was beautiful. But I really I really enjoyed that that handmade suit that he had. Uh, what did you think of Donald Glover's character? I mean, there wasn't much of it. That's strange. Well, I guess I I kind of forgot that this was a thing, and I, and I saw something about it recently. I forgot that he lobbied really hard to be Spider Man. Oh, did he? I think so. Uh, I think he wanted to play Miles Morales. Gotcha. But he's playing... So his character, um, looking at the name in the credits... I don't think they mentioned his name in the movie. He's Aaron Davis. Yeah, so he's he's the uncle of Miles Morales. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. That's what I, I was... I looked that up before we started here. I just figured it was a name I, I didn't know. So there's the link to the character, at least. I guess so, and uh, maybe it sets up for somewhere down the line, including Miles Morales. Well, it does because he says, "Like I don't want guns." My in nephews this. in yeah, this. Exactly. So that, that that's kind of cool. Maybe they just but, felt um, like it wouldn't work, but they wanted to give him something out of it. Well, I think that was his idea. Is I think like he pitched it like when they announced it early on, like, "Hey, you've had two Peter Parkers. It's not working." Let's do something different. That might not. That might not have been a bad idea, actually. That that. Hmm. Interesting. We wouldn't have gotten Tom Holland, so I'm glad we went this way. But that could have 
that could have been a good move on their part. Well, and also, it's a good opportunity now to kind of pivot a little bit. I, I do think there may be a little bit more to talk about with that. I mean, the one thing I'll say is, I don't have a problem with the idea, but if they wanted to do this kind of iteration, and I thought Miles Morales was supposed to also be pretty young, mm-hmm. I don't think Donald Glover's the right person to play that character. Right. Um, because he's like in his thirties. Mm-hmm. But um, it's funny when you talk about playing with the expectations of and trying to do something different, because. There was two things, I think we discussed both of them sometime before the movie came out, um, off the air, obviously, uh, with the two girls, um, Liz and Michelle. Mm-hmm. And I told you what there was some speculation, some of the speculation I had, some I saw online eventually. Both things. One, that Liz was ultimately going to end up being Michael Keaton's daughter, which proved to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the one that I was I- really... I was really on with what would you say? I was going to say actually I, I it just didn't even occur to me while I was watching the movie that that might be the case. And then when it happened like when he opens the door, I was like I, my actual first thought when he opened the door was like he figured out who he is and he he's like getting to him personally. Okay. But then you when you see his face and you realize he doesn't know who it is, that made the next 10 15 minutes of the movie like the most intense. <laughs> Oh, definitely. The way they did that, as you can see the physical discomfort as Peter has noticed and recognized Adrian for who he is, and you watch the discovery in the car of Adrian now looking back and figuring out who Peter is. Pedro. Pedro. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. (laughs) That was really cool. Um, And it's funny because it took them long enough to make that reveal that I a certain point I was wondering if I was wrong mm-hmm. about it because I figured it was going to be revealed maybe a little earlier than it was. Right. Um, and there was that, and then there was uh, revealing that Michelle, the Zendaya character, wants to be known as MJ. Yeah, that was cool. Because of the speculation when she was cast is that she would be Mary Jane, and the disgusting outcry against that, like a black girl can't be Mary Jane Watson. It's like, at this point, again, we've seen it all, we've done it all, and we've all played with all these expectations. At this point, why does it matter? Right. Like, you've I, got three movies of Kirsten Dunst with red hair. Like, it, like right. it doesn't matter. I was so excited. Like, when she said, like, call me MJ, I was like, ah! I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I had the opposite reaction that the entire internet did. <laughs> and it was a sm- it was a smart way. It was kind of a good fuck you to everyone who was bitching about it at right. the time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's not her. It's not her. Oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's like two hours into the movie of a two hour and one minute movie, and it's like, oh, by the way, you like the movie, right? That's MJ. <laughs> well, we didn't even we didn't even like get to this. I'm surprised. What do you think about Aunt May figuring out at the end of the first movie that he's Spider-Man? That was, I loved it. I loved the way they did it. Oh, yeah. It was cool. It was they cut it off. And got a, like, that's how you do a cliffhanger. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was great, too, because they cut... Twice, they tried to throw in the F word in the movie, and they cut it off. Yeah. yeah. First one, in a fucking Spider-Man movie, 
They have a game of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she says, that F, Mary kill. <laughs> yep. And then they have great. another, at the very last line of the movie, her screaming, what the fuck? And it cuts at the, yeah. at the end of the F. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Peter knows Spider-Man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, what is, is it crazy being this famous and nobody knowing that it's you? Yeah. We should tell everybody, right? <laughs> no, no. no. And he goes, I, I, should, tell I should tell everybody. <laughs> that was so funny. What did you think of the Captain America cameos? Um, I you know, I knew that he was in like a video. I didn't know there was going to be a couple of them. I didn't know that it was going to be infinitely cornier than anything else he had already done, including mm. his stuff in the first Avenger. Right. And I loved every minute of awkward terribleness that it was. It, yes. It was beautiful, specifically the scene where he points to the side and the coach is standing on the wrong side of the TV. Yes! <laughs> Brilliant. And the post credit scene. Oh, well, I was going to get to that in a minute because first I wanted to talk about that scene you just said where it's, uh, oh, Peter knows Spider-Man and Flash goes... Are you friends with Spider-Man the same way that Coach is friends with Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. That was great. So, it's funny. I actually, I have this down in the notes. I have a little story about the post-credit stuff. Um, and I guess we can talk about both of them um, now since we're doing this well, actually, topic. actually, before the post-credit scene, the other Captain America scene where he's in detention, it's like, so you're in detention. It's like, now you got to figure out, you know you did something wrong. How are you going to make it better? And, like, that video clearly ends, and then it goes into a sex ed video in the background. Oh, my God. Hysterical. Your body's changing. <laughs> you know what? As someone who has a lot of experience with that, let me tell you. Oh, my God. I'm and pretty sure he's a war criminal now. <laughs> Is that yeah. one of the kids? <laughs> I would put this on, even though I think he might be a war criminal or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I love that, too, where he goes... Uh, he said, the the worst, the corniest line of all of them was, maybe you're in detention because you cut class, you didn't do anything. I don't know why you did it. Maybe you thought it was cool. Well, as someone who was in ICE for 65 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so, um, so now with the way that these uh, Marvel movies are going, I've been looking them up ahead of time before I go in. I don't want to know what the post credit scenes are. I just want to look up and find out how many there are so I don't leave before they're done. Uh-huh. So I looked it up before this one, and it said there was two. One in the middle and one at the end. So I'm sitting there with Gianna. A whole bunch of people get up and are leaving, and I was like, you're all fools. Get out of here anyway. You don't deserve this post credit scene. So we're sitting there. I had the opposite uh, experience. Not a single person got up through the entire It was like credits. 50-50. And like a couple people realized it, too. Like They were walking down the stairs. And then stop dead because you're like, oh, wait, no, we have to wait for this. Right. Um, which, that's an understandable reaction. So we are sitting there, and she goes, she, or Jenna goes to get up, and I like put my hand out. I was like, wait, post credit stuff. She goes, oh, that's right, I forget that they do that because she's not a diehard fan of these movies. Right. Um, she was interested in seeing this one, and she, she liked it a lot, which is good. Um, so we're sitting there, and the first one comes, but I want to talk about that one after because we brought up the Captain America yeah. one. So it's going, and she's like sitting there and like shaking. She's like, she's like, "Are you sure there's two? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure there's two. She, I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom really badly. I was like, "Just hang on, I know." And so the credits, those are some of the longest credits I've ever seen. Right. And she's like, "You're sure?" And I was like, "Yeah." 
How funny would that be if there wasn't, though, and at the end of it right. all, I just got up, and she's like, no. No, you fucking didn't. And, and, and I was like, but like, you were like, I am the post credit scene. And you put sunglasses on, and then you just walk out. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, that's not as big of a dick move as what the credit scene actually was. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So she's so she's like good. no, you do, she's like you wouldn't do that. And I was like no, I didn't do that. I was like it would be funny, but <laughs> and no. then afterwards you're like, but he did. <laughs> there genuinely was like there is another one. She's like you're sure. I was like I'm sure. She's like okay, we'll sit. So she's sitting there. She's like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. She's she's cursing out the names of the people showing up on the screen, like the key grip and the best boy. And she's like fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it finally gets to the end and. He goes, so by now you've probably learned the idea about patience. And she got it right away. She got up and started walking away. She knew what was coming. <laughs> I wanted to applaud her. Like, good job. Great job for identifying that we all just got trolled. Because I had, I, she's like, did you know? I was like, I honestly, I had no idea. I just looked up that there were two. I did not see what they were. That is I saw so that one of them funny. had to do Captain America, but I did not see what it was. I love it. That was, and she's it like, really and was she's great. Like, and she goes, I was like, I'm sorry, I really didn't, like, I would not have, like, made you sit through that if I knew that's what it was. I would have just looked it up. And she goes, that was so annoying, and I'm so mad, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Hysterical. We, I, the, I, the whole theater was laughing. Yeah. Because, like, it, it, in the first line, you know you know that there's not, it's not serious. And it's like, yes. oh, my God, that is great. <laughs> I love that they're comfortable enough to do that to the audience. Yeah, I mean... You can't pull off that sort of fuck you all the time, but right. that that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And it works really well with this, like, charming, funny, serious, and then a lot of times not serious, high school drama movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it works so well. So much fun, this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, so I do want to talk about a little bit about the, uh, the first one as well. Sure. Because um, a, a, a couple of things. One... Um, I know you watch Breaking Bad. Do you watch Better Call Saul? Yeah. So you recognize Michael Mando. From the um, second that he was on the ferry. Yeah, yeah, yeah same thing. I was in the same thing. I was like, ooh, this guy's a great bad guy. Love him. Well, that was great because like, they, they showed him like looking at him with his like spy gear. Yeah. And I was like, I know that face. Yeah. That's Nacho. And then they zoom in and actually show his face. I was like, I was right. That is Nacho. <laughs> um, and then he like is promptly thrown off the boat and arrested. Yep. I was like, oh, that was a weird casting for approximately six seconds of screen time and having two lines. And then they show the thing at the end. I was wondering, I was like, oh, maybe there'll be more to him eventually or something, or maybe not, whatever. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just some sort of favor for favor type of thing. And then they have that post credit where he meets up with with Adrian Toomes and he gets a more extended thing. I was like, okay, this is cool. We're setting up two things. One, that... And I don't know, I, I looked at his name and the name didn't look familiar to me. So I don't know if that's the alter ego of some really famous bad guy that I just don't know that that's who he's going to be. It's like a little goog. Um, I, I was planning on looking it up at some point, but I, I didn't look it up yet. Um, so that's one thing that I'm looking forward to is having him involved more because I think that guy's a really good actor. Yeah, he is. He's pretty great. If you're like, if anyone, if like whoever's listening, if you're all caught up on Better Call Saul or if you're not, uh, in the most recent season that just ended a few weeks ago, he was really good this year. I am excited to watch the rest of that. Did you? Oh, you didn't see it all? No. He was really good. He gets a lot more screen time than in the past. They've been building up his character a lot. Awesome. Um, and also, I'm genuinely excited that it seems like we'll get to see more of 
Michael Keaton yeah. somewhere down the line. In a very, very, like, personal, like, now it's personal. Which, yeah, because Gianna's like, it's weird. She goes, huh, that was funny that he didn't say it. I guess he wanted his own revenge. It's like, that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah, sure, you know, he could use this guy and and, and get it taken care of. But it's like, nope, fuck you, it's personal. I'm coming out there and I'm going to get you. He is the Scorpion. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's a Spider-Man villain I'm aware of. Yeah. That's, I did not know that that was his alter ego, though. That's about as much information as I can give you at this minute. So that's but, cool. That's cool. something to look forward to. Yeah. So, yeah, they're setting it up. That's awesome. I like that. Great. Do you have any uh, anything else you want to touch on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't think we were done. I didn't mm. know if you wanted to talk about... Um, Keaton specifically anymore or not now that we've gotten past the uh, the wall of uh, spoilers yeah um, not really other than I, I love him I think um, he's great what he's, did he's you so think much of- fun to see on screen especially when he's going nuts yeah what did you think about the usage of Tony did you think there was enough Tony or not enough Tony I thought there was almost too much. It's funny because I actually went the opposite. I thought there was just a little, not enough. Like yeah, I thought, I thought there was plenty. Any more, I feel like it's it takes more away from the movie being a Spider-Man movie. I know that you run the risk of having him overwhelm what was going on, and we did get some good moments. We got him doing the shock and awe, and we got some funny things with him. But I actually thought that there was. They could have given us a little bit more. I don't know. I, I, I'm glad there wasn't any more of him. I, I, I really do feel like it would have started to saturate it and become another Civil War Avengers movie. Honestly, I could have used one scene with him actually spending some more time with Aunt May and seeing where that goes. That could be funny. Because um, that could have been a little thing that could have just been a two or three minute thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do love that right in the beginning when they're doing the, oh, let's come up with an alibi video for you. And he says, uh, <laughs> hey there, Ed May. I hope you're uh, doing well and uh, wearing something skimpy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, that's uh, that's inappropriate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can just edit this later, right? Um, and I love that they did that as, like, they carried that through the movie where, like, three or four times, like, people were, like, hitting on her or, yeah. like, complimenting her. Yeah, the, this, this is silly. When they went to the Thai restaurant and the guy, the guy brings up the, you know, you go, you know you're uh, whatever, you're larb or whatever. Is it not larb enough for you? <laughs> How many times do I have to say larb? I think he larbs you. <laughs> I larb you. I think he larbs you. <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, as many times as I saw it in the trailer, I do, I absolutely adore the scene where he reaches over to open the door and, oh, yeah. and Peter Parker hugs him. No, no, not a hug. We're not there yet. <laughs> was he? Did he use that actual line in the in the trailer? I no, don't it's remember. Cut. It's like it's like cut at the beginning and end of it. It's like just get in the door for you. But he said, but he's like, no, no, not there yet. In this, in this uh, yeah, I, I really like that line. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember him saying that in the trailer, and that that got me. Oh yeah. no, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so silly. Oh man, I I really did. I also I, I loved the scenes of him learning the different things of the suit like the different web configurations and all that stuff and like it was super dangerous as he was learning them <laughs> which oh, yeah. is really funny there's a lot um, of legit danger in this movie like 
everything could kill him easily. <laughs> yeah, an unfortunate amount of baptism by fire. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, I was just realizing. Um, oh shit! I already like. Uh, sorry, while you were doing that, I like I completely lost my train of thought there. Oh, for one thing, we didn't talk a lot about douchepants. This what? No, oh, well, wasn't sure if you were gonna go with Flash there. Whoever referred oh, no. to as douchepants. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, we didn't talk a lot about the actual action scenes in this movie, really. Oh yeah, there was actually something big that I wanted to talk about there. Thank you for bringing that up. The crazy ass scene with the plane. That is a stealth, you know, Tony Stark stealth configuration there with the mirrors and all that. Stealth I, cargo. I loved. That he's climbing over the camera at one point, and he's just projected on the top of the plane as a gigantic Spider-Man. Yes. The attention to detail in that scene was was spot on. And then, that scene was just sensory overload when they're fighting and the things are malfunctioning, and it's a goddamn laser light show in the sky. <laughs> I was like, it hurts my eyes. And, and then the Dolby Atmos kicked in, and I was it like, it hurts my ears. <laughs> what did you say? I said, and Happy's watching it from the tower. Yeah, oh, that was a great scene, too. He's just like, <gasps> the plane is just careening down. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, two things. One, I should not see that plane. And two, I should not see it crashing. Right. Just on fire. Yeah, that, I thought there was some cool action uh, scenes in this. I thought there were some cool-looking, like, fight scenes, of like, the, the kind of the choreography of all of it. And I know a lot of... Uh, they, they made a a specific choice with uh, this iteration of Spider-Man, a lot of times it's not him. They don't do a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of CGI and everything, but it still, it looked cool and looked good for most of it. There was a couple times where it was a little bit clunky where you could say, this is 100% computer animation. Yeah. yeah, It's it's to be expected in something as crazy as this, I feel. Okay, I mean... Um, it's just the thought of one more thing with the... <laughs> when he's... In the beginning, when he's like going through the city after school, and he's, you know, he's helping people out and doing things. Those those scenes were pretty fun, especially the one where he stops the guy on the bike, and then he just leaves a note on the bike. I love that. And he's calling Happy and asking him every day, like, "Hey, is there something that I need to do?" Like all this stuff. And you're just assuming at this point that he's not he's not sending these messages to Tony. Tony's busy. But later but on, about the, churro. the churro thing that melts your heart. <laughs> yes. As as it's breaking his. <laughs> oh yeah, but that was that's um, another great scene. Yeah, and there was a lot of cool stuff with that, like the climbing, the acrobatics, the, the... swing down into the ground, well, onto the roof of that building because he misjudges the length. Oh yeah, beautiful. I'm okay. <laughs> he just yeah, shouts at it. Don't even watching it. He's just waving around. Going, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. Um. Oh, also like. You know, it's funny because we talked about it a little bit um, in a in a previous episode a couple weeks ago. I forget which one it was. Um, what's his name? Zero from Grand Budapest. Him playing Flash of all people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big surprise to me. I had yeah. no idea he was in this movie. I loved when he took his car. Oh yeah, that was great. This is real. This is justice served. I loved. It. Well, it's just funny to see that guy playing. Like, as different of a character as he could have from his role in Grand Budapest. Yeah. 
where he was mostly kind of meek. You know, he was competent, but, you know, he only kind of really snapped, like, when, like, things really got to him. And in this, he's just a douche, start yep. to finish. And you always expect Flash to be, like, the big, tough jock, and he's just not that guy. Mm-hmm. I, and we, it's more verbal abuse than anything else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so silly. Uh, the P.P. Parker. He had them chanting as a oh, DJ. Yeah, penis uh, when, a penis Parker. When he's a DJ, though, and I was like, this guy is such a douche. And then he's a DJ. I'm like, you're such a douche. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Flash. <laughs> so lame. Uh, uh, <laughs> that sequence with him at the, at the party, you know, he goes, you know, hey, uh, hey, Ned, I'm sorry, you know, should I come back? Uh, no, I don't think you should do. It. Listen, and he puts the phone up. Penis Park. <laughs> <laughs> His hat in that scene was great as well. Oh yeah, that gives me confidence. I uh, when he, I know I saw again another scene that I saw in the in the trailer, but still enjoyed in this is when he's climbing. It's so it's actually way funnier in the movie. Because he's climbing in through the window, slowly climbs to his bedroom door, gently puts the web on it and drink, brings it closer, silently lands on the ground and clicks the door closed and then turns around and, and Ned just drops the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so comical. That and uh, another, there's, there, like I said earlier, like there's, there's great comedic scenes peppered throughout this movie and... Um, Trying to remember his name. I'm trying to look him up right now. The guy that plays the teacher that uh, brings them on the class trip. The guy from Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's Martin something. Yes. Martin what? Martin. 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 <laughs> Star. Martin Starr. Um, this scene where he's they're doing like the uh, the the interviews on the news, and there's like I couldn't. Oh move my god, that was funny. Again. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine losing a child on a on a field trip. Again. <laughs> I also love the uh, that silly news like high school news channel that they had airing. Oh, it was when they, so it was bad. So bad that it made it so fun to watch. And it was so perfect because like. You could totally see if your school at the time you were in school had one of those programs with like the TV thing. Yeah, that's exactly how it would look. Hundred percent. So I was just I was scrolling through too, trying to help you find um, Martin. Whatever I was looking at, yeah, there because there was a couple like Hannibal Burris. I actually thought I wish that Hannibal Burris would have been given a little bit more to do because that dude is funny as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was realizing as I was going through um, the principal. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was one of the guys from the Wolf of Wall Street. He was one of, like, the crew. Okay. And, wow. Holy shit, I didn't even realize this. Sorry, I'll get to that point in a second. You realize he was in Captain America, the first Avenger as well, right? He was one of the Howling Commandos. Not really. Not really. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's, like, you know, like on IMDb it says known for. He played Jim Morita. He was one of the Howling Commandos. He played Principal Morita in Homecoming, so he's clearly his like grandson. That's really That's funny. True. Yeah, because his picture no is actually as the picture in his office is on top of his uh, on the cabinet behind him. Was and, it? Yeah, and it's and I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is there an old picture of him? 
as a soldier. <laughs> I did not put that together. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't even like process that. Um, That's that great. Picture. I love that. And I didn't I didn't even think about this. I completely forgot he was one of the guys. I, it's been a while since I've seen like the entirety of of uh, the original Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happened to scroll by it. But what I was thinking of is you remember him being he was Chester Ming in Wolf of Wall Street. And I saw him quick for one second, and like the first time when he tells him to come into his office, or whatever. And I didn't really think anything; like I, I didn't recognize him at the time. And they showed him again um, when they're actually sitting down and having the conversation in his office. And I, and I finally realized, like, oh yeah, I know him from Wolf of Wall Street. And I leaned over to Gianna and I said, I can't take him seriously as principal right now. Because the last time I saw him, he was snorting cocaine. <laughs> and she started cracking up because she realized, too, that's what he was from. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Uh, I feel like I was going to tell you one more thing. Something else popped into my head while you were doing that. And then I, then I, then you blew my mind with the whole fact that he was in Captain America. And it's the same. It's like he's clearly playing this in relative. I love that. That is awesome. That is what a, cool. What a great like, find. I'll give him a lot of credit. That is really cool. Oh, that's great. Especially, it, and it, it makes so much sense. So much sense now that that picture was on. Like I was, it really made. I did catch the picture, and it just it didn't make any sense. I was like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> it's funny because if I'd seen the picture, I would have made that connection earlier. I feel like because I, I I I remember him now. Like that that there was an Asian guy in the thing. Like that that's who it was. I just completely. I didn't get it then, and I didn't see the picture. That I feel like that probably would have like jarred that into my memory. Right. One more, one last for me. Really funny scene um, when they're all waving to Peter through the window, and MJ looks like she's excited and she's waving, and then she just gives him the finger. Beautiful. Yep. Just moi. <laughs> Perfect accent. Yep. It was excellent. Oh man, I'm happy with it. I really enjoyed it. I will be seeing it again. Yeah, and I hope that they bring back the same um, director next time around. Yeah, um, I like when they when they they do that sort of thing with these movies. I, I feel like they should keep that sort of continuity because um, the guys that they've gotten who've done a good job should stick around and keep doing a good job. Yeah, I feel like what you would get out of another movie with him is he. I feel like he may figure out that pacing concern that you had that you brought up. It wasn't even necessarily like a bad thing or like that it upset me. It's just something I'm noticing is yeah. becoming a big trend with a lot of these. And it leaves me a little unsettled. It just feels like it feels like we're rushing. And it's like, I enjoy this. Like, don't rush me through it. It's like, if you right, sat down right. to like a really great steak dinner in the city and like your waiter, like kept looking at their watch every time they came to you. It's like, I'm enjoying the shit out of the steak. Let me savor it. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it would be, like you said, it'd be cool. To, I, I would hope that the same person who is able to direct it would be fun because it would also, it would keep the same flow and feel that this one has, which is, yeah. which, it was it was definitely a fun movie and I'd like to see where they can go with the second one. And this is another guy who's really never directed hardly anything. He directed one feature-length movie, I think, before this. It was, um, and there's a smaller movie with, with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car. Okay. I vaguely remember that that movie was a thing, but I did not see it. I don't know anything about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that was really the only big piece that he's done. That's cool. Good for him. Good job. Good job, John Watts. 
I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate you and what you've done for us. All right, man. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think that's good for me. I think we uh, we nailed this all per- down pretty well. Sweet. All right. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Uh, check out SpinTune.com to catch a new episode every Monday and a new article every Thursday. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can reach us at The Spintune on Twitter and Facebook or email TheSpintune at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.